0: Welcome on in to Salt City FC. I am your host, Jake, Hatch. joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Sean Walker. Sean, how are you, bud?
1: After a week of being relegated to the second division, Jake, I'm I'm just glad
0: that you called me back up to the first team. <laughs> relegated to the second division. Hey, you went to the best game here along the Wasatch Front. You watched the best game along the Wasatch Front this week, so no doubt about that.
1: Uh- I could, go, I could go even further and say I might have seen the best soccer team on the Wasatch Front right now.
0: No, I, I think we've, haven't we established that though? Haven't we established the fact that the team we're talking about is the best team on the Wasatch Front?
1: All I'm saying is there's an argument to be made.
0: Yeah, there's. I, I won't
1: say anything definitive, but there's an argument to be made.
0: The team we're talking about, of course, is the Rail Monarchs SLC um, Rail Salt Lake's USL affiliate. They are often rolling. We're going to have a pretty extensive conversation coming up with their play-by-play voice, Landon Southwick, Sean Connor, friend up of with the him. podcast, good friend of the podcast, repeat offender to the podcast, repeat offender. Are we call him a repeat offender? Well, because he got put in jail by coming on the show. Oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah. that that works. Okay. Well, yeah. So, Sean, we'll get to that coming up in a minute. But let's start. off off um as we always do with real salt lake and my recap coming down in 3 2 and 1 oh sorry sorry I'm morning awake. everybody i'm awake i'm awake <laughs> anybody that endured that deserves a medal in in many ways in in oh, many boy. forms because man no offense to real salt lake no offense to san jose earthquakes but holy smokes i was Dying and Sean. Um, in the interest of full disclosure, I did fall asleep in this match, but not for the reason you think. <laughs> so you did literally fall asleep. I did fall asleep in the second half of this match. Wow. Okay. So I, my wife and I decided to um, take our kids and go up to uh, go up to Bear Lake on Saturday for the day. My parents were up there on vacation, so we decided to drive up for the day. Well, after five hours of round trip driving and dealing with my kids and whatnot, eight thirty rolls around, watching this match, and. The action was... They didn't, they didn't help you much. They didn't help much. They so didn't help you much. I fell asleep for a good 20 minutes of that second half, and I woke up and felt like I didn't miss a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, so nil-nil draw at San Jose. And on one hand, you think, okay, Real are like finally figuring out a way to grind out results mm-hmm. on the road. It's a positive step forward, obviously, from giving up three or four unanswered goals to... Yeah, sub playoff teams like Minnesota United on the road. Uh, so that's obviously that's obviously good and grand. You know that I I think I think there are positives to mm-hmm. take away from yes. this. By the same token, uh, this was San Jose's first shutout since September of last year. I think. Yeah. Uh, San Jose has two wins on the year. I mean, there was a lot in the making for this being three points on the road at RSL's disposal, and some lack of. Really significant quality chances in the final third
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably lead to them splitting the splitting the points and not being
0: able to get the goal that they need in this. Here's the thing: um, losing Albert knock, was the seventh minute when he went down, um, neck injury. He was holding his neck, and it looked kind of scary there. Um, claims that he was elbowed and whatnot. There's no video evidence, whatever. People the RSL described as a non-contact injury. Here's hoping that it's not serious. and he's Yeah, an
1: RSL official told me that uh, he had been complaining about it okay. before the match. Okay, so it's... On, uh, and he tried to gut it out. And you saw him even try to gut it out after he
0: came back. Yeah, but it just... He came off the first time, yeah. and then he went back on and then came right back off. Just, just couldn't, couldn't do go. it. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's not something serious, and he's back on the pitch soon. But holy smokes, I think Saturday Night Illustrated how important having him in that lineup is. Because he... It, and I don't mean to compare him, but he pulls the strings as a famous broadcaster for the team talked about, talks about all the time, comparative to what Javier Morales did in his prime for Real. So, like, he sets people up. He runs the channels. He he makes passes that lead to passes that lead to goals. Missing him, I think, really affected RSL in that match.
1: Yeah, and that's not to say that Demir Crylock isn't a capable no, 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 number no, nine, absolutely. if you will, in that attacking midfield role, but... I went on this round last week, so I'll save you guys again. But he's he's played in so many different spots for mm-hmm. Real Salt Lake this year yeah. that it's really hard to know where he's going to play week to week. And that's got to take a toll on your psyche a little bit as yeah. a professional soccer player to not be able to kind of identify yourself with one spot on the field or one type of tactic or, or one area uh, or that kind of thing. I, I mean, that's got to take its toll a little bit. When you compare it to someone like Albert Rusnak, who yeah. you put him in and you know what you're getting and you know what he's going to do, and
0: he's not necessarily going to stray from that game plan. Yeah, so. exactly. So there you go. That's essentially all we got for you RSL-wise this week. They, they're home against um, Chicago Fire. Um, Bastian Schweinsteiger is coming in with the Fire this weekend. Nikola, is it Nikovich? Is it, is their star forward, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, they got some good players on. that I'm not sh- going to try to pronounce his name on that fire side. They got some. They got some players. So Saturday, eight o'clock at the riot. I believe it's a whiteout, Sean. I think that's RSL's going with a themed, um, kind of coordinated effort with the state. With yeah, the free the free shirts yeah. from uh, that one
1: MLM that sponsors their jersey front. That would be uh, uh, eight o'clock Mountain Time. Yep. Yeah. If you can't catch the game, it will be broadcast on all the local regular. Avenues, But uh, it's, it's, yeah. this, is, this is probably a good one to get to because, once again, it's at home. And Chicago's very much a team where Salt Lake should be in play for another big three
0: points. And there's also fireworks, I believe. The 24th game with it being delayed with the weather, they have moved the fireworks from that game to this game. So there's another incentive for you to show up. To We're that. all right with fireworks. So there you go. Even though you and I, Jake, probably won't ever see them. No, probably not. We'll be doing yeah. interviews. Anyways, no. um, but Sean, so yeah, there you are, RSL. Um, this week, there is no NWSL action. They're still on a FIFA break here. The Tournament of Nations, if I'm not going to the Tournament of mm-hmm. Nations is going on. Uh, U.S., Australia, let's put it this way. Pretty much anybody who plays internationally for the Utah Royals is involved with their national team right now.
1: Um. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, they had three call ups <laughs> through the United States. Katrina Gorey started three games with us, or a couple of games with Australia. Yep. Um, Brazil and Japan also in action there. Have you seen Marta's goal yes. from that Sunday game? That was against, pretty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whew. That was nice. That was really nice. Yep. Uh, but no, anywho, so yeah, so we're going to take a little bit of a break from the NWSL as well because it's all international
0: football and you guys can go get that somewhere else. Yep. And let's get back to the lead though, Sean. The Real Monarchs SLC faced their best pr- team in the state. Top competition state champs. in the Western division of the USL in Phoenix Rising Saturday night. It was a build as a one versus two matchup. Real Monarch's gonna beat Harriman High School in a penalty shootout for the state title. <laughs> there you go. No, but they they went out, Sean, and the Real Monarchs looked stellar. They rolled to a four-two win over Phoenix Rising, um, give themselves a little bit of a cushion in the Western division of USL. And talk about a team that has really um, risen to the occasion every time. We talked about this last week, Sean. I felt like Real Monarchs every time they kind of got beat, they always responded well, and this week was no different.
1: Yeah, four and four one on one hand at home. I oh, mean sorry, the, four one. I, I believe the, I
0: said four two. My bad.
1: But uh, I mean the Monarchs have been so good at home, on being since they moved to Harriman. Eight zero oh, and one mm-hmm. uh, since the opening of the Zion's Bank Stadium out there. And you think, oh, just another big massive win against a USL opponent um, since moving to Harriman. Yep. Except this is the second best team in the Western Conference <laughs> yes. in Phoenix Rising. They got to the point where they were only three points off of the Monarchs for the Western Conference lead. So this was a huge game. This was a huge match for them. This was huge for Phoenix to try to come in. Still a point. Maybe even still a win and vault yourselves into contention for uh, USL Supporter Shield right up there with Real Monarchs and FC Cincinnati in the East. Yep. Um, and very early on, the monarchs just said, mm, "No, thank you." Sebastian Velasquez scores in the 37th yeah. minute, his uh, team high a, uh, seventh goal, seventh seven goal of the, the season. season. Yes. Um, and then uh, Chandler Hoffman gets a brace. That's not really a brace because one of the goals is going to be called back for an own goal. But then he gets that goal back. Uh, 52 on the on his career, I believe. No, fifty-three. We're gonna say fifty three because he should have that own goal. Yep. Um, and then uh and then if you if you left early for this one, you probably miss Andrew Brody's just ridiculous uh long range shot that smacked off the underside of the crossbar and like barely crossed behind the line. Um but before that, Massacre. Yeah. Can we talk about his assist for a second? So I a little I a little no, like, look, yeah. little no look yeah uh, A little no look back heel back to Brody so Brody yeah. plays the ball into Concher who no looks yeah, it just... with his back heel back to Brody
0: who then smashes it for the goal um the skill check on that was it was pretty yeah yeah it was pretty the, even the russian judge was giving it a nine <laughs> so there you go <laughs> french judge gave it a seven and a half of course sports. the french always screw things up anyways but yeah it was it, it was an impressive result all in all and I, like i said it gives them a little bit of a more of a cushion here in usl action um and i think it really sent a message to the rest of the at least the western half of the usl like yeah. Okay. You guys think you're sneaking up on us, but we're we know where we're at, and we're gonna take care of business when you, when you show up. Right. It was a
1: statement win. It was a statement yeah. win in every day. Uh, and in, in every way, interim coach Hamison Olave used that word statement several times. Yes. After the match, um, uh, I even I asked uh, Chandler if they were looking to make a statement w- with this match, and he said, "Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's been kind of a rough goal. They've they've had they've won." Two matches in the previous five, yep. uh, uncharacteristically trounced by San Antonio FC mm-hmm. and then Reno 1868. Their first ever lost to Reno Yeah, uh, there at Greater Nevada Field. And, uh, and they just came back and they went, you know what? We're really good on home soil, so let's make it worth it. Homison uh, said uh, they know that they're not allowed to lose at home. Kind of an interesting choice of words. Loud. Yeah, I don't know if something's lost in translation there, but I really like the phrasing of that, so I'm going to go with it. You know, they 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 know how important it is to win those home games, and really at this point in the season. If all they do is win their home games,
0: they're going to finish on top of the Western Conference. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, that was a, a good showing. All right, without further ado, Sean, uh, you had a chance, like we mentioned right off the top, Landon Southwick, who is the play-by-play voice for Real Salt Lake. You had a chance to have a lengthy conversation with him about the Monarchs. Even got into some family topics and whatnot. He had his firstborn just recently. so And stick around for the end. Uh As we
1: talk about the USL All-Star game, which may or may not be coming to a Salt City FC podcast near you in the future.
0: Ooh, I like it. All right, so here you go. Here's Sean Walker with Landon Southwick right here on Salt City FC.
1: me now pitch side if you will on the salt city fc podcast not quite pitch side but almost pitch side uh man that making a repeat appearance on the podcast. I think this is like your second, second or time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't scare you away the first time. Nope. You know him as the play-by-play voice of the Real Monarchs SLC, the second division side in the Real Salt Lake organization. That's Landon Southwick on the other end. Uh,
2: thanks for joining me for a couple minutes. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back on. I, I feel like I scared some people away, so I'm glad <laughs> to be back making a repeat appearance.
1: Full disclosure, we normally do this live, but uh it's it's Saturday night, it's really late. Landon's got a wide and baby sometimes feels like three kids Ooh. to get home to so we won't take too long here but it's it's right after uh, Real Monarchs four, USL Western Conference second place team Phoenix Rising FC one Um Landon give, give me give me I know you've given a couple of quick takeaways already but what happened this match because
2: this Phoenix team is really good and the monarch just came in and and kind of beat him up you know interesting kind of match i mean if you look at it there was two own goals so let's just call it a three knee three nil win we'll just cancel the own goals out and just get, own goal chandler Hoffman had a brace what do you mean no yeah I, it should be credited chandler but uh <laughs> it's officially showing as an own goal and that's one of the things chad barrett mentioned in the in the in the broadcast you know that the, the Ford should get credit for those those type of situations they do all the work and even if it takes a deflection off the defender after they hit it it should be a goal credit to them but i'm not going to go I mean, into that i feel like i feel like the shot was going in regardless of the deflection, but... I agree. Whatever. I, I mean, agree. Whatever. Uh, but they all count the same on scoreboard, 100%, right? 100%. There, It's three points in the bag. Um, big takeaways from the game. I mean, interesting game. The Monarchs were coming off a 4-2 loss to San Antonio. Arguably one of their worst losses of the season. Um, right up there with Reno's loss. Um, but one of the bright spots was Sebastian Velasquez. Uh, you know, tonight he proved that he's capable of getting goals again. Um, now he's had, I think it's... Uh, four goals in three games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one tonight, um, two last week against San Antonio, and one the week before. So he's kind of catching his stride. So a big takeaway is Sebastian Velasquez playing well. Um, another big takeaway is Phoenix really just didn't capitalize on their chance. They were the better team early in this game. Uh, Cortez, their goal scorer, nine goals on the season, seventh in the league. Really just... Couldn't find the back of the net. He couldn't hit anything. Leaguer came up big with a late save. But early on, he just couldn't find himself. And I think one of the things that the Monarchs do really well is play their field here at home. Perfectly. They spread the field. They get wide. They do what they need. They control the pace. And that's why they're 9 0 1 on the season at home. And I think that is the biggest thing. Protect this place. Make it a fortress. It's a new stadium. You haven't lost here. Obviously, you're going to lose one day here. but Someday. I think Real Salt Lake proved that to be important. Today is not that day, though. Yeah. It proved that to be important years ago when they built the fortress at Rio Tinto. You know, it was that tough place to play. Teams didn't want to come in here. And where the fans aren't coming out yet, that's going to come. As you continue to have success mm-hmm. here, people mm-hmm. are going to know that they're going to get victories, three points here all the time, but they're building that as a place that they can play well and and I wondered what was going to happen at the end of last year. You go from playing on grass on a grass field at Rio Tinto Stadium to now playing on a on a turf field here, but it's nice turf, that it being is, said, it is. and they play well um, so kind of big takeaways. I would love to see a clean sheet, but the Monarchs are kind of catching stride right now with some of their guys. Sebastian Velasquez playing well. It's always nice to see Chandler Hoffman find the back of the net as well. Twice even. Yeah,
1: twice. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep bringing that quote up. quote unquote. Yeah, quote twice. unquote twice. We're gonna keep bringing that up. Maybe somebody at the USL will hear us and uh, and make a goal correction or something. And if not, eh, what else? I mean, he's got fifty something on goal, yeah, so yeah. it's fine. He I can spare 52 one or two now. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, fifty-two. Should be fifty-three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want I wanted to go there actually because this this home field advantage and you've been to every home game now. Um, people immediately turn off when they hear. This is a turf field out of Harriman, five thousand seat stadium. It really doesn't play like turf. It really yeah. doesn't feel like a five thousand seat stadium. It feels, in a lot of ways, like the perfect atmosphere for the Monarchs that that they're building up here. And yeah, attendance can be better. Attendance can always be better. Uh-huh. Um, but they're building in some really nice, I think, very unique advantages here. There's uh, on the on the backdrop. There's some relatively new signage that that's very Wyoming esque, if you will. <laughs> Uh, remo- yeah, It reminds <laughs> reminds uh, Opposing teams that were at 4,750 feet in elevation um, Again, very much like War Memorial Gym at Wyoming If you remember to the old whack days Yeah. Um, what What is it about This home field, I think Homs and Olavi alluded to it A little bit in the post game But what is it about this home field that, That's just got these guys
2: Amped to play on it It's that they finally have a home uh, a home where they can train, a home where they can have their own locker room, a home where they're not getting kicked out for other events or opposing teams right. or anything like that. I think that is not the just true. RSL games, but now
1: Royals games, concerts. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, they have their own place, and you know they've got a full locker room inside this inside the training complex um, as well. So they've got places here. They're used to it. They get their meals. It's kind of become that routine. Where is that Rio Tinto Stadium? It's awesome, and I think the transition away from that is even better now, because that means now if they go to play there, they're doing something right. Um, and I think Dunny's right. alluded to this in the past, making it kind of, that's kind of the mecca. That's that's the <laughs> the dream, is to go from an academy player playing on some of these fields behind the stadium here at Zion's Bank, um, Zions Bank Real Academy, playing on those fields, to playing in Zions Bank Stadium, to playing in Rio Tinto Stadium. And that's kind of got to be the dream. I mean, it happens in Europe all the time. So why can't we have it happen here? And I think the Monarchs now officially having their own home, it, they're going to they want to make it their home and they've done it they've stamped that as kind of their home they you know kind of a slow start. They played Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is a weird team, so I don't, I just, I don't even know how to describe what happens there with them. But they came in here, a draw. Nothing no really llamas happened. yeah, no lamas. No we llamas. were hoping for the lamas. I but, was, yeah. I was hoping for lamas. I'll say it. I, I was definitely hoping for lamas. I think everybody was, or some poker chips, or I don't know if I can <laughs> even mention that one of their sponsors. But we won't go down that line. <laughs> it's um, not legal in this state. Like yeah, me. yeah, it's not legal here. Good thing that's not one of my uh, things that I'm, I, I enjoy, <laughs> or the poker chips. But the Llamas would have been sweet. <laughs> um, that being said, though, I mean they got off kind of a sl- that one tie, but then right after that, I mean they have they have really just strung things together. If they, not all of them have been big victories. I mean we've had two two one vi- or one zero victories that I can think of off the top of my head. I have to go back back and look at mm-hmm. my notes, but yeah. that that that's the type of soccer they're just playing and getting results here on the road. Mm, you know. They're 5-5-1, five, five and one. so they're not the greatest side on the road, but they're still getting victories. Um, but if you could string out victories at home, you're always going to be in the playoff, hunt, Right, and, and even more so. I mean, the, the Monarchs went on that crazy good
1: run, just surging to the front of the Western Conference. And now, uh, Jake and I have talked about this on the podcast for a couple weeks. They've been kind of up and down a little bit lately. Obviously, they've been away from Science Bank Stadium. They've been away from Harriman uh, for a lot of that time, but they lose at Reno. They pick up a weird draw at Sacramento. Um, obviously, that San Antonio loss that nobody really wants to relive. Yeah. But, but it, it, it hasn't been a good, what, three weeks? It's been close to a month, it feels like. um, And yet I feel like they got back home, and it was like they never left all of a sudden.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that's what you're going to see from this side, consistency at home. I think you're always going to see that. I think this side has figured that they know how to play on this pitch. And I think one of the nice things about this field, and that I'd have to dig through my notes again, but it's the exact same dimensions as Rio Tinto Stadium, right? So yep. You've got the same yep. field size, right? Right down to the space between the touchline and the stands. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's Everything is designed so that they have that similar feel, so that they can make their way all the way up to Rio Tinto Stadium. Um, but it's that same turf that they're training on inside the building. So there's a bad weather day, and if they're inside, they're on that turf. In the winter, they're on that turf. And then they go outside, and that same exact Netherlands turf is out there. <laughs> and, you know, from, from all accounts, the players like it. Yeah. I, I slipped on it today. As it gets wet, it kind of gets a little slick. Granted, I was in dress shoes. Uh, so I don't know if, if in my cleats. You didn't have your spikes on. Yeah, I don't know. I, someday I've got to get back out on the field and maybe get my retired body out to, out to play. Um, but, you know, everything I hear about it is awesome.
1: For sure. Well, speaking of getting back out to play, um, I've said it before, the Monarchs are feeling like secretly the best soccer team on the Wasatch front right now with all of RSL struggles. The Royals have been struggling some. That's not saying there's no quality. I'm not saying that by any means. Obviously, the USL is a different standard from MLS, even from the NWSL. Um, But the Monarchs are playing so well right now, and we're right around the all-star break in Major League Soccer. So, USL doesn't have an all-star game yet, Yet, But I thought maybe we could go through and um, figure out kind of what a USL All-Star game might look like right now for a couple of minutes. And maybe a couple of Monarchs players who would be
2: All-Star type caliber players based on... uh, this first half of the season so you have to so we have to give credit to sam doer he's the guy that uh, down at phoenix rising he's a vp down there he kind of started the conversation he was watching the oh, mlb like mlb all-star game and he thought why doesn't the usl have an all-star game and you know he tweeted it out i saw it and i thought I like it no brainer right yeah i mean i think to myself every day about this side i mean one of my goals as a broadcaster especially doing the monarchs is is to make sure that they're getting the credit they deserve I, you know i'm i'm a i'm a fan of soccer i I played in college and and i love the game and i wanted to stay around the game i have a full-time job but i want these guys to have an opportunity to make it up with the first team and essentially have successful professional careers well that can't happen if no one's seeing that happening obviously the front office is watching and they're making sure but if fans have no clue that all of a sudden you know sebastian velasquez is an mvp candidate like does that Warrant an opportunity for him to get up. Is that good exposure for him that he's been playing here? You know, people are going to come out and see him. I mean, it's a good thing for the organization. Right. So I think digging into that all-star idea, I mean, I'm 100% on board. I think it would be awesome. And I want a media game, but uh, that could <laughs> be a side story. Um, we'll, but we'll talk about that one later because yeah. I, I think uh, I think our buddy Jake Hatch might have some thoughts as well on this all-star media you game. You guys are going to have to chat about it. but uh, We'll set it up. But uh, I'm going to bird dog that one. <laughs> kind of the thought was from sam he mentioned that each team would essentially get a player in the in the all-star game because there's 30 there 30, 37 teams i believe in the league next year east versus west I'm but it will or? be by then it will be east 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 central and west Ooh. essentially is what i'm hearing wow. so i don't know how you do that and i don't know the exact format i floated the idea today and i don't know if i should say this publicly but i was talking to jake howder um president of the monarchs and, and uh one of the thoughts that i mentioned was what if you played against the homegrowns um just a, I've been I've been saying this for years, for what it's worth. Just a random thought in that sense. So you play your USL All-Stars against your MLS homegrowns. So you're uh-huh. getting guys that are similar age. You're yeah. getting kind of the up-and-coming of what's in soccer, I guess, in this country. And I think that would be kind of a, a unique thought or a way to do it. Um, then I don't think you're ruffling any feathers, um, whether it's the USLs or MLS either right biting for time in the in the midseason um i've heard it mentioned that doing it kind of midweek or yeah midweeks and have weekend games so you're not messing with something um then you get a player from each team so each team feels like they have a buy-off um you go to a city that mm-hmm. has a pretty good fan base yep. a nice soccer specific stadium um hint hint uh, zions bank stadium <laughs> um something <laughs> maybe along those maybe lines. somewhere
1: that i don't know is like one a supporter show yeah, recently yeah, <laughs> yeah, something maybe. along those lines
2: yeah. but you do something fun like that and then each team gets that and then you have a couple of additional spots opened and what happens is you let fans vote them in Um, So you give the fans some buy-off on this of they can vote in who they want if they've got the power. Um, And you're going to have teams like Cincinnati, they're going to have a fan base that can vote somebody in a lot easier than something else. But if a guy's having a good season, no one's going to argue with that, right? And then maybe you give a commissioner a pick or two, you know, something like that. Um,
1: Yeah, kind of similar to what MLS does, maybe with a little less fan voting, because I know that's been a little bit
2: maligned recently. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe that's the tough part. But for me, I mean, there's a handful of guys on this Real Monarchs uh, roster that could be in that All-Star game. If you were to do it this year, I mean, at this given point, you'd have to say, obviously, to your core, two of your spine, you'd have to say Sebastian Velasquez and Chandler Hoffman. Right. Um, but obviously, those two positions are going to be taken probably by someone who's very prolific in goal scoring and very prolific on assists, because um, those are you know your spine. But I would also say there's a guy that, you know, two guys that really could fit in that mix that maybe wouldn't you wouldn't look off right at the back: Michael Chang and Justin Portillo. Mm. Um, are kind of two that I would say definitely fit the bill for... uh us all-stars but i mean there's multiple guys you could talk about an andrew brody who doesn't have the stats to back it up but is there a harder worker as an outside back in the league i don't know if there is um you know uh, guys like moberg i mean you could go down the line so i I could shout out every guy but uh i feel like there are multiple all-stars that could be in that game from this team right and that's
1: part of the challenge of putting together an all-star team is is not to just have a squad that's entirely the, the Chandler Hoffmans and the Cameron Lancasters of the world, if you will, um, but to actually fill it out and, and look at it and realize, okay, who, all, who else is playing well for center backs, for outside backs, for... Defensive midfielders who don't do very sexy work. Well, I'm being totally honest. And, and that's
2: why I think you yeah. give each team kind of one guy because there's going to be standout guys on each team, even the worst teams. They're going to have a guy that's very capable of playing, True. you know, whether it's that center back position or maybe it's your left wing or something like that, that maybe don't have the fanfare because the team sucks, <laughs> but uh, they deserve to be in a game like that. And that just gives them one more opportunity to. Get get exposure because all these guys are trying right. to make it right. Uh, I mean, uh, years ago I got invited to. The I mean, US. even even more so than MLS officers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, years ago. I mean, looking at this, knowing these guys don't always make enough I mean we could always talk about soccer in the u.s and money made and, and not necessarily being enough but the goal is to make more right and how do you do that right. you got to continue progressing and i think this will give an opportunity to some of those guys so and that's what that's what it's here for you know it's growth here in the u.s i mean every league like the usl in the world is trying to grow more of those awesome guys right here, for sure well landon i uh
1: thank you for joining me For a couple minutes here on the Salt City FC podcast, I want to get you out of here with a little shout out to a USL All-Star for the uh, roughly like the 2035-ish USL All-Star game. Uh, I don't know
2: how much sleep you're having, so you might not remember him, but you just had a baby. I had a little girl. (laughs) I had a little girl named Emma. (laughs) She was 8 pounds, 21, 21 inches. Uh, she was born in May, so she's two months now. And, uh, oh, man, she's she already two months. Yeah, she's two months. It's much. been too long since we yeah, last talked. It's almost three months, actually. So she is, I'm prepping her to play for the Royals in the future. Um, so it's probably going to be, yeah, <laughs> quite a few years till she's in some All-Star games. But uh, no, on a serious note, she can do whatever she darn well pleases. But uh, I would hope she could play some soccer at some point or hopefully enjoys that. But if not, hey, dancing for me. I could be a dance dad, but uh, yeah, thanks for giving me <laughs> the shout out. She's she's awesome. We love her, and my wife's just a champ. She's she, you know, earlier you said three children, uh, joking, and I actually think my wife has two children because my daughter and me. So I mean, she's the all star. <laughs> she's the real MVP of everything. So have to give her the shout out. Well, I think I think Jake would completely agree with you. He just had a,
1: another baby as well. Congrats to him. And so he he tells people all the time that his wife now has three children. So congratulations. It's the way to- it works. Congratulations to Mrs. Hatch. Congratulations to Mrs. Southwick. Um, and the rest of us guys who are just along for the ride as it goes. There. Hey, we're
2: all along for the ride with women, right? <laughs> they, they, they take care of our lives and do do everything so well. I mean, my wife is, I'm serious, I don't even joke saying she's the real all-star, real MVP. I mean, she could be in the USL all-star game for, for all I know at this point. Yeah. But, uh, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate, obviously, you letting me uh, spit out my uh, thoughts. <laughs>
0: Well, there you have it. Sean Walker, Landon Southwick, and USL All-Star game. Now, that would be something. Yeah, shout out to Landon Southwick. Shout out to a uh,
1: couple of uh, vice presidents over in the with uh, Phoenix Rising FC who actually floated the idea, and then Landon's kind of picked up this idea and uh, ran with it in a lot of ways. And I think I, – I think it's got a lot of merit. I think it, there are a lot of legs for a potential USL All-Star game. I mean, we've already got an MLS All-Star mm-hmm. game. Obviously, All-Stars bring yep. over a club from usually like Europe or something
0: to play. Yeah, I don't necessarily think USL could uh, do that, but if you can get give enough teams in both divisions, if you can pull the best 11s. Do an East versus yeah. West. I think that's obviously an opportunity.
1: Um, I also think MLS is trying to pump up their homegrown game yep. by bringing in U23 sides. Why not an all star game of USL talent playing against MLS Homegrowns? I like that, actually. I mean, I I think there's maybe, I think there's at least as much interest in something like that as the Homegrowns playing, uh, say, Tigray's UANL U23s. Yeah. Great historic club, but but it's also a U23 side. It's the U23s, yeah. Um, So, I mean, why not showcase a little bit more of your affiliates' talent, uh, your
0: affiliated league talent, and help? Grow the game in this country, I guess. In that regard, I'm with you. And also, it, the funny thing, is Sean, you don't have to pay a fee to get the U23 side here because USL will do it. I think for relatively cheap. Right? Yeah, they, and it gives the, it gives them a chance to highlight their best players. And almost, Sean, it's almost, uh, I guess, a combine performance appearance for right. MLS. Clubs, they can look at the U.S.L. talent and say, "Hey, we kind of like that kid. Let's keep an eye on him." I think it, 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 there's a lot of positives that go with that. But Sean, well done. I think it was a fantastic conversation. I just, I, I I'm very intrigued by this whole All Star idea. I think it's something that it should have more legs to it. I think. And if, uh, and if you guys need uh, radio talent to help broadcast your game,
1: you, you know, you know where to call
0: us. Absolutely. We'd love to be part of that broadcast. That'd be a ton of fun. All right, Sean, one thing, other thing we need to note here from the Rail Monarchs side of things is an announcement that came out um, as of Monday morning. Uh, Chandler Hoffman, the goal-scoring machine for Rail Monarchs SLC, at the end of this season, we'll be heading back to his hometown. Football's coming home. Football's <laughs> coming home. Oh, sorry. Uh, Chandler Hoffman, a native of Birmingham, Alabama, he is going to be heading back to Birmingham to head up their new USL expansion side, Birmingham Legion FC. I, I, okay, I, I'm torn on this, Sean, because I'm losing a guy like Hoffman... It's it, a big loss. It's a big loss for it's Real Monarchs. Loss. But I'm also happy for him that he gets to go to his hometown and be part of the debut of a club in his hometown.
1: Yeah, and and Birmingham really is a very underrated soccer market. One of the better, I think it's one of the better soccer areas in the southeastern United States, if you don't count Florida. Obviously, what Atlanta's doing is very impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, But Birmingham is right up there. It's kind of one of the few pockets of Alabama where soccer is is really big. Alabama Birmingham obviously has a very nice team UAB um, and uh, and there are a lot of SEC schools that don't really take soccer very seriously. No offense to them, but I mean I think that's no the only they play really the other football. It. Yeah, uh, and so so Birmingham has a nice tradition and a, and it's a nice market. Really a great idea for the USL to jump in with an expansion team that will begin in the 2019 season. Um, and Chandler Hoffman has proven himself at so many different levels. I mean he won yeah. an MLS Cup. His uh, early in his career with the LA Galaxy, and then he moved down to the USL division, recently became the fastest 50-goal scorer in league yep. history, one of only three to reach that mark, yep. if you will. Um, and now to, to go back to his hometown is really cool because his start essentially was winning the Alabama Class 6A championship with Oak Mountain High School in Birmingham. So you can't fault the kid for wanting to go home um, for for wanting to be a part of something special, there, uh, I, I think it's absolutely well deserved for him. Um, but here's the kicker for you, Jake, and yeah. here I think is what RSL fans and Real Monarchs fans in particular are going to love. Um, Hoffman, when announcing this move, um, he uh, he says, uh, "I'm I'm really excited to stay here and and quote bring a title to Real Monarchs before I leave." Right. So this gives him a little bit of incentive to try to push the Monarchs through to the end of the season. He's not leaving until November or so, yeah. probably. Um, and if, if it comes with a cup... I think everybody will wish him good luck in his future with the Legion.
0: Yeah, he made good on his time. If they, if they come home with the USL title and he takes off, absolutely, I think I, th- I don't think any fan would bemoan that if he, if he were to bring a championship uh, to the Rail Monarchs before he departed. So, uh, yeah, we're happy for him. Uh, props to you, Chandler Hoffman. It's well deserved, and it'll be fun to kind of track him as things go forward. But man, is it a massive, massive loss in the middle of that offensive, in the middle of the offense for Rail Monarchs. They're gonna have to find somebody to fill that hole. All right, Sean. I'm gonna take a time out. We'll come back. We got to talk about another forward making a move to to the USL, and but he's coming from MLS. We got to talk about that next, right here on Salt City FC. Welcome back to Salt City FC. Sean, we teased right before we took that break there. There's another forward making a move um, from MLS to USL. And you don't normally see this. You don't normally see a, a player go from the top division to the second division. But Unless it's somebody who flamed out with their team. But I okay. think that's hardly the case. It's hardly the case. This guy is playing extremely well. He actually just won, a, won the match for his former team in his final match for them. That would be one Fernando Addy, who has been the uh, starting forward for Portland Timbers for what the last two years at least. He's been a stellar player for him. But FC Cincinnati, who is making the jump up to MLS next year, next year, they have agreed to um, sign Fernando Addy. They sent um, 850 thousand in total allocation money, I believe, something to that mm-hmm. to that effect, to get him from the Portland Timbers. So Fernando Addy is going to play the rest of the season in the in USL before jumping back up to MLS next season when FC Cincinnati joins the ranks of Major League Soccer. And holy cow, FC Cincinnati leading Eastern Conference right now already in USL, and they just got a talisman forward to really bolster them the rest of the way. Talk about a move and a half.
1: Yeah, first designated player signing in FC Cincinnati's currently non-existent MLS history. Obviously, they will be jumping up to the big leagues starting in 2019, but he'll occupy a DP spot. Not sure what his salary demands are going to be for the rest of the USL season, but I'm sure he can put that on hold for a couple of months while he chases a USL <laughs> championship. Yeah. Um, before he really gets paid the big bucks. But six foot four out of out of Nigeria, fifty-four goals in one hundred and twenty-six matches for Portland. I mean, is a talent. I think there were a lot of teams that were probably uh banging down the timbers door when uh when they heard they might be interested in trading him. And yeah. the fact that a team like Cincinnati was able to come in and offer that much money for that talented of a player really speaks to what
0: SEC is looking to do in 2019 as an expansion team. Exactly, and um, he wasn't the only addition for FC Cincinnati. They also announced the acquisition of, I hope I got this right, Fatay Alache, is that right? Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, from out from of San Jose. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes, A little, yes. little, little midfield winger action Uh so he go he goes to FC Cincinnati for about one hundred thirty five thousand in total allocation, which is no small chunk of change as well. He kind of fallen out of favor a little bit with the earthquakes. He played four minutes, I think, is what they said. Yeah, it, it was, Yeah, since since June or July. Uh, but he came in with he came in out of uh, FC Copenhagen over in Denmark, uh, or uh, no, sorry, somewhere over in Denmark. FC
0: though. Copenhagen, yeah, Some, you're right. yeah,
1: somewhere over there. Uh, anyways, he came in with a lot of expectations, really kind of hit the ground running, Alaché did, with the earthquakes, and then fell out of favor with injuries. Eventually, he was relegated to the bench. Then he pulled up with a groin injury. So this is a case where I think you, there's talent there, just maybe a change of scenery. Um, obviously, uh, uh, FCC head coach Alan Koch, Alan Koch is a, a very good coach who can get good results out of players like Alaché. Um and at a bargain price, he's definitely worth. I think he's definitely worth rolling the dice on.
0: Exactly. So yeah, uh, big moves for FC Cincinnati. Hats off to them. Um, I know. I know that it was an expansion side. They probably got some extra allocation money, some TAM, GAM. Whatever the other different monikers are for the money to acquire Tam, talent. Gam, Sam, ham, Sam, and they're spending it. Green, green eggs, yeah, green eggs with ham. Yeah, there we go. They're, they're green spending, eggs with ham. They're spending money, but it it works out. I think I think they got two good players, and they're on their way to building a roster. And we'll see what happens the rest of the year. So I thought that was a pretty big move. Um, yeah. So all in all, it's going to be interesting, Sean. Now FC Cincinnati has two MLS quality players to add to their roster for the rest of the USL season. Man, already leading the Eastern Conference, and they just got that much better. Yeah, exactly. So hey, props to them. It should be interesting. That USL
1: Cup final between Real Monarchs and FC Cincinnati is going to be epic. <laughs> did I just
0: jinx it? No, you did. Probably. I might have just. I probably just jinxed it. Locking I'm king on really wood now. Sorry, really go. sorry, Hummerson. I'm really sorry. All right, Sean, um, so let's transition here. Let's talk. It is um, All-Star time. MLS All-Star game this Wednesday as um, the MLS All-Stars will face Juventus, who, of course, if if you haven't been paying attention, just signed some guy named well, tra- agreed to a transfer for some guy named Cristiano Ronaldo. Never heard of him. I think he's a pretty good player, best player in the world. Yeah, I so, mean, never heard of him. He um, is not going to play this week. I I, I don't think he didn't. He, yeah, he didn't make the trip. He made the trip. He actually showed up for his first training session. I think earlier. This week, or maybe late last week, for so he, yeah, he's not here in the United States currently, which is unfortunate. Because when he, when the transfer was announced, a lot of people said, "Hey, could his first game in a Juve uniform be the MLS All Star Game? It would have been awesome, but it, it is not meant to be."
1: Yeah, and. Uh so, Cristiano and all those are not going to be in Atlanta for the All-Star Game. Uh, Jake, are you going to be in Atlanta for the All-Star Game? No, but our good friend Brian Dunseth is. Brian Dunseth will be in Atlanta. I will not be in Atlanta for the All-Star Game. You know what you and I have in common with uh, the god of international football? What's that? None of us will be in Atlanta for the All-Star Game.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: LA Galaxy forward Zlatan Ibrahimović announcing over the weekend that uh, he is pulling out, if you will. From the
0: All-Star game. And I don't blame him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he says he says that it's just rough on his body, and the Galaxy have played three matches in 10 days or so, and so he's tired. I mean, I didn't realize the gods got tired, but <laughs> apparently they do. When they're 30, um,
0: the 35, yeah, I, I get it.
1: Yeah, well, in, it, NYCFC's WV is yeah, also exactly. pulling
0: out of the All-Star Game. He is so. hurt, though. His is a little different. He's got an injury. Sure, sure. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's missed six matches
1: for the club. Um. So, yeah, probably a little bit different. But still, per regulations... Both of them are going to have to miss each other their the clubs' next yeah. league match this weekend.
0: So. Yeah, so there is a there is a downside to them missing it, but I also get it. They're both players that are above they're they're past the age of thirty, entering their mid thirties. So, and they're both they're two of the best players in the country, of course. Uh, Ibrahimovic coming off his first MLS hat trick over the weekend phenomenal performance once again but I, I get it um, he's older he doesn't want to put the the miles on his legs he's 36 okay I screwed up he's 36 he's not 35 so he's even they beat Orlando City 4-3 he oh, has he had a birthday congratulations yeah he has 15 goals in 17 matches this season Sean talk about an impact player even at 36 years old so there you go a lot of fun. So well, it'll be interesting. I, I'm excited to see the MLS All-Star game. Um, Juventus, of course, they have, what, I think, seven-time defending Serie A champions. They got a lot of talent, and they got better with the addition of Cristiano Ronaldo. I think it'll be cool to see MLS's best going against the best that, that Italy has to offer.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's a fun All-Star game. It's, uh, it's a preseason friendly for Juve. Um, it's also a typical... North American all-star game. Yes. Um, so I I always clash and keep that in mind if you're looking to, to watch Juve or looking to watch some of MLS's biggest stars or whatnot. It's it's a marketing machine. Nobody really wants to get hurt. Nobody's really going to play more than probably like fifty minutes tops. No. Um, there'll be they will sub liberally and a lot of different players will get on the field for both sides, but it should be a lot of fun. It should be a good, a good event, a good atmosphere. Um, and uh, the day before, if you're a Real Salt Lake fan.
0: Of course, yeah, the other homegrown
1: it's game. It's the MLS homegrown game, which might be a little bit more uh, up to your taste if you're into academy soccer.
0: And that would be because Sebastian Saucedo and Aaron Herrera, I believe those are the two, correct? Yeah, obviously going to be playing in that game representing RSL. So. so, yeah, there you go. So you can see some of the guys that have been playing for your team. It, it, it play against, it will play with some of the other better, younger players in the league. Also play against um, some of the younger players around the world as well. Should be a lot of fun. All right, Sean. So there you go. That's some of the stuff going on in MLS. Next week, Sean, we have Barclays Premier League action coming back. So we're going to have to talk some English Premier League next week. Get some – Football's coming home. Get, get some get some hot takes going next week Football's with coming home. Football's coming home. Goodness. That backfired in a big way. All right. So we'll take a break here. Sean, we'll come back with added time, get you some final thoughts, some final news and notes right here on Salt City FC. And we're back right here on Salt City FC. JCat Sean Walker wrapping things up for another week of the podcast here. Sean, of course, this is added time where we kind of get to some of the stories of the weird. Um, they, they they range everywhere. It's weird, of noteworthy, just whatever you got that hasn't we haven't been able to get get a chance t- to talk about quite yet. So here you go, Sean. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and fire off this week first. Okay. So Neymar. Course, one of course, never heard of one him. One of the better players in the world, like fifth best, maybe. Mm, he's top five, yeah, probably. <laughs> but he um, so during the World Cup, may or may not have got become became an internet meme for some of his reactions when he got fouled during some matches in, there in Russia. Neymar is taking over the world. So um, he in a post, um, let's see, it was a sponsor's ad in, in Brazil. He actually says this quote: "You may think I exaggerate, and sometimes I do exaggerate, but the truth is I suffer on the pitch." Neymar said in an ad sponsored by Gillette. Okay, here's the deal. (laughs) Okay, huh? We get it. You do, guys. Very self-aware. Guys take shots on the on the soccer pitch, but Neymar, not everybody rolls around like they literally have had their leg amputated. When they simply got barely nicked, I guess is the easiest way to, to, to say it. So just funny. You may think I exaggerate and sometimes I do exaggerate, but the truth is I suffer on the pitch. Shout out to Gillette for getting free sponsoring on the Salt City FC Podcast.
1: There so we you know that's everything they're looking for. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. If you want to sponsor with us, yeah, hit us up. Um, and then one of the one other thing here, he also says that Also, you don't need to pay Neymar Gillette. You can just come to us directly. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, so he also talked about uh the he did not speak right after the Belgium loss, which fostered some criticism of his behavior back there in Brazil. Um he says that when I leave without giving interviews, it is not because I only want it, it it is not because I only want the victory laurels, it is because I haven't learned to disappoint you. What? That's just it, a convoluted statement that just okay, whatever. Well, okay. He's saying a lot to say nothing at all. Let's put it that way. That's the easiest way to say it. So just kind of funny that, um, Neymar yeah, it is a big thing. The big troll job that people were having on the internet, he says, and I do exaggerate at times he admitted it, but he didn't admit it, um, completely, which he probably should, but he won't. I, I get it. But I thought it was kind of a funny thing for him to, to say such a thing. So there you go. Took a lot of money from Gillette for him to say it though. Oh, probably, for probably. what it's worth. Yeah, Absolutely. Um I'm going to I'm going to
1: throw back a little bit for you. Okay? Uh this this post is a couple weeks old, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um they were uh so uh y- you remember this thing called the World Cup a couple weeks ago, Jake? No. Vaguely, a little bit. That, um, was it was only a couple weeks ago that that thing ended. I know. I know. I'm already missing it. <laughs> uh so France won the World Cup a couple weeks ago for those of you who have been uh living under a rock or somewhere next to Jake Hatch in his home in Eagle Mountain. Um
0: <laughs> but, it's not Eagle
1: Mountain; it's Saratoga Springs. Let's get that right. Sh- <laughs> um, but uh, one uh, one very famous athlete uh, caught in the middle of the celebrations was uh, one Nicholas Batum. Oh, and uh, you may you may be excited for this because uh, Nikki, old Nikki, tricky Nikki, Nikki Batum. Yeah, Nikki Batum is uh, he's uh, he doesn't play for the French national team. He's not on some high flying contract with PSG or or Lyon or any of those big clubs in France. Yeah. Um. He's number five for the Charlotte Hornets, but always number one in our hearts. Uh. And there's been uh there's been this interesting. I, I just I really like this post, and I'm describing a visual element on a on an audio podcast, it's which little, I know is a bad. Tough, yeah. Yeah. Um. But I really like this post because I think it's I think it's illustrative of this weird crossover that we're seeing particularly in the between the NBA and international football or soccer okay um, we're just we're seeing a lot of crossover lately and I think it has to do maybe with the internationalization of the NBA um, and possibly the popularity of FIFA the video game mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's just it's a very unique marketing tool I'd like to see MLS maybe find a way to get in on this marketing tool just as much as, manchester united or manchester city and neil patrick harris or yeah. that kind of thing um but i think it's pretty cool i think it's really neat um uh speaking to uh uh speaking to the athletic one uh, one observer of the phenomenon said the relationship between nba and soccer players right now is really big uh, the phenomenon plays out regularly on the show NBA Canal, where players come on set, they talk a lot about soccer, okay. and even on social media, they trash talk it a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the, quote, the world is globalizing and all major sports have a lot of foreign players who come to play or coach. Oh. Uh-huh. So, just a fun little, little, I've, I've said for a long time, and nobody's believed me, but I've said for a long time that basketball and soccer actually have a lot in common they do, and it's really cool to see the two sports coming together via the NBA via international soccer. And like I said, I think it'd be really cool if if MLS were able to get in on this marketing train as well.
0: No, I think it would be smart. Absolutely, they should they should try and glom onto that because the NBA, man, talk about an entity that is just rolling in best the, off season in sports. It is the best off season in sports. You could, I would say, better off season than the regular season. Some in some cases, absolutely, I'm with you on that. So there you go, better off season than. The past four NBA Finals, at least. Yes. Well, it's going to be continuing for the next two to three seasons as well, unfortunately. Anyways, we're not a soccer podcast. We're soc- we're not a basketball podcast. We're a soccer <laughs> podcast. And that's all the time we got for this week. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns... Um dining tips along the wasatch front Ooh, always food tips we always like that yeah. we like we love food tips good and we, food trucks we need to bring that around more often we used we did that last year with the podcast we were really good about getting food um, recommendations from people we need to get back to that i think because i need to add some more flair to my to my dining repertoire let's put it that way del Taco's just not doing it oh you have no just idea. just not doing it <laughs> If you knew the background my in laws <laughs> have with Del Taco, you'd completely understand. Yeah, no, just not I'll, doing it. I'll tell you some other time just about that it. one. We'll talk All about right. Pod. So hit us up. Um at, at on Twitter at Salt City FC, on Facebook at Salt City Football Club. Sup? Is
1: that right? Salt City Football Club on Facebook. SaltCityPod at gmail.com nope. is the email address. Um let us know. We yeah. Love, As love, always, you can slide into Jake Hatch's uh, Snapchat DM.
0: Yeah, exactly. Considering you Snapchat so often. He loves the Snapchat. Yeah, exactly. Hit him up on the Snapchat. Yeah, let us know. But, yeah, hit us up. Questions, concerns, comments, whatever you got. Let us know. We will talk to you next week right here on Salt City FC. Peace.